expansion no more struggle no more challenges no more battle because there comes a time where you need to rest from your battle and God said after today you shall rest from your battle the battle of your marriage the battle of your business the battle of your finances the battle of your sickness the battle of your shame the battle of your disgrace the battle of your setback the battle of the pains you don't want to forget God said you will rest from your battle And now, today's message with God's servant, Reverend Ismaila Awudu, Head Pastor ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Dagon. The Word of God is actually the sword of the Spirit. Because without the Word of God, you cannot be able to do the battles you need to do. The Word of God is what makes the believer to overcome every temptations and every challenges in his life. The Word of God gives us life. The Word of God sustains us. The word of God is like an oxygen that if we don't breathe it in as a child of God, we will cease to live. The word of God is what actually keeps us alive. The word of God is actually what gives us hope. Without the word of God in our life, we are nothing. We are no match to the devil. Without the word of God, we are miserable. The word of God reveals the mind of God to us. Without the word of God, we don't know who God is and we don't know what is on the mind of God. Because God is a spirit. And they that worship him, I worship him in truth and in spirit. The word of God is also able to help us to know the thoughts of men and to discern and to understand the ways of man. The word of God is also able to make the difference between the spirit and our soul. It takes the word of God to make us conquerors on this earth. It is by the word of God that we win every battle that surrounds us, both physically and spiritually. The only language that the devil understands or bows down is the word of God. It is not our name, it's not our position, it's not our title, it's not our money, it's not our influence, but just by the word of God. The only thing that also is above God is His Word. There is nothing that is above God than His Word. Without His Word, it does not exist. He exists by His Word, and He is His Word. And there is nothing that exists without His Word. Everything that exists, exists because of God's Word. So for every believer, or any of us that calls ourselves children of God, for us to live a victorious Christian life, we need the word of God. Tell somebody you need the word of God. And it becomes a fallacy or an irony for you and I to say that we are children of God, but we neglect God's word. And it's simple just like um, what do you call it? A, 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 a captain or a, a sheep that is actually sailing on the waters without a radar. It means that no matter what you do, you will not be able to know where you are heading towards. Or it's just like a pilot who is trying to move a plane without his map or without him knowing where he was going. You and I cannot get to our destination without the word of God. So anytime we talk of God's word, we are talking about direction. We are talking about life. 
We are talking about strength. Jesus says that the words that I speak to you, they are spirit and they are life. I started with a scripture in Luke chapter 5. Luke chapter 5 verse 1 going, spoke about the ordeal or the challenge that three brothers, fishermen, encountered on the sea. And what was the result when they came to shore? Peter, James, and John, or Peter and his brothers, James and Zebedee, the sons of Zebedee, had an encounter with Jesus. But their encounter came after they had gone to fishing. And when they returned from fishing, the Bible said they caught nothing. And when they caught nothing, they were frustrated. So they were washing their nets. Out of that frustration, Jesus showed up. And Jesus used the same boat that was giving them the frustration, preached from the boat, and after he finished, he told them they should launch out into the deep for a catch. Which means that for all this while, they were on the surface. They are not in the deep. If you are a child of God, and you really want to do business with God, then you need to move from the surface and go into the deep. Tell somebody move into the deep. Tell that person move into the deep. The world is full of deception and Christianity is under threat. But the structures or the foundations and the, and the, and the, and the organization of Christianity cannot be destroyed. But it's under threat. It's under serious threat because his people lacks information and they lack knowledge. Amen. For Hosea says that for lack of knowledge my people perish. And the word of God specifically states that wisdom and knowledge shall be the stability of our time. So for you and I to be able to be stable we need God's wisdom and God's knowledge. A lot of believers are very very shallow when it comes to the things of God. They argue Shallow, they speak shallow, they behave shallow. You meet them and you ask them, Are you a Christian? I say, Yes, I'm a Christian. Do you believe when you die, you go to heaven? He said, I believe when I go, I'll go to I'll die, I'll go to heaven. Then you ask the person, Explain to me. The person will not be able to talk to you. When you push him or her feather, the person begins to fumble. There are a lot of us that even are believers, but we are not sure of our salvation. Well, give me a week. A believer faces an encounter, a challenge. And the believer, instead of having the only anger to face the devil, the believer rather gets scared. And the last thing is that he's crying or she's crying. Believers are involved in all kinds of deception. Where you are asked to do certain things. We drink certain concussions. Believers even are the point because they don't, we don't know the word of God, we are even transporting rituals into the kingdom of God because we don't know what God's word stands for. Hello? And sometimes it's so funny that we are, because we are on the surface and we are not in the deep, we don't know what goes on. There are most of us who doesn't even want to sit with the Jehovah's Witness people to do discussions. Tell me it's not true. Because when they start, you don't take time. They will get you. Amen. We are, I have an ordeal which I felt so sad 
I was watching television one day and open to which was a discussion between a pastor and a Muslim. And the discussion was such that they were discussing issues of religion. And to the surprise that I have, even the Muslim knows the Bible better than the pastor on the set. And he was able to explain things scripturally and, and, and was able to connect it to the Quran and was able to make his argument sound and clear. And the brother is rather family. And the question I asked, my, I asked myself is, if we are the people of the way, which even the Quran recognizes, that we are the people of the way, then what way are we showing? How can a blind man lead a blind? Hello? Thank God, in my few expeditions, I've had opportunity to sit with sheikhs on discussions. And for every time, they always will refer to what my brother is saying. Because we always have to be the way for them to follow. They are our brothers. Hallelujah. So, you have to move into the deep. Tell somebody to move into the deep. Which means that search through the scriptures for yourself. Investigate the scriptures. Come to church with notes, book, and pen. Write down things. Not only listen. And if you want to listen also, after preaching, get the tape. Listen to it. Write down the things. Check through the scriptures. See whether whatever you are hearing is inconsistent with what the word of God says. That makes you a good student. We are disciples. And a disciple is supposed to learn of his master, which is Jesus. We are followers of him. And we have to know him by his word. And we have to hold him by his word. God cannot do anything outside his word. You didn't say an amen. A lot of us are running after miracles, but I want to submit to you, there is no free meal anywhere. There is no miracle than the word of God. You are running after prophecies. The highest prophecy is the word of God. Any prophetic word that does not align to God's word is not a prophecy. And they launched into the deep and they caught what? They caught what? More fish. And their net were even what? Breaking. They signaled to their brothers. They also joined. Because the miracle they were looking for has taken place. Why? Because they said, at thy word. Somebody say, at thy word. Somebody say, at thy word. Which means that they didn't do it by their strength. They didn't do it by what the pastor is saying. They didn't do it by what they heard. They didn't do it by what the prophet is telling them. They are doing it because the word of God also says so. It's important for us to understand that anything we do in Christendom, it has to be aligned with God's word. If it is not inconsistent with God's word, then it is not God. And anything that is not God, then God is not in it. You should know why you come to church. It's not a social gathering. It's not a rural club. You should know why you, you give offering. You should know why you pay tithe. You should know why you eat communion. You should know why you fast. You should know why you have to love your brother as yourself. You have to know why you should forgive. You should know why you should love. 
you should know why you should pray. So when we say let's pray, let's fast, you will do it with meaning. Because you see, anything you do without meaning, you don't have results. We are looking for excitement and sensationalism instead of looking for the truth. So we are looking for churches or places where we go where our ears will tickle us. But we don't want to go to places where we will be corrected and where we will be directed. The word of God says in 2 Timothy chapter 3 verse 16, he said the word of God is to rebuke us, to correct us, to instruct us in all righteousness that the child of God will be thoroughly what? Equipped unto all good works. You need to be equipped. So Christianity now has turned into pampering. Instead of the child of God to grow up, we are still living like lantogen babies. And you see a child of God who has been with God or who has been in church for 50 and we pride ourselves in the years we have been in church instead of priding ourselves in how well we know the Lord. The Bible says that if we should boast, we should not boast in anything, but we should boast that we know God. Paul says that I may know him. At the time Paul was making that statement, Paul, everybody recognized Paul. He's reading most of his, 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 his epistles. Everybody is looking at him as a, an authority, as someone who has really been God. He has had experience of heaven. He has gone to the third heavens. He has seen so many things. So many things have happened to his life. But in the midst of it, all, he said that I may know him. Which means that knowing him is not easy. Knowing him is fast. Knowing him is more. So it means that daily we need to search for him. Daily we need to look for him. So don't get to a time in your life as a child of God say you have arrived. You know the Bible from cover to cover. And I've read from Genesis to Revelation. So I know him. Every day the word of God is fresh and it is new. So you need God's word for you to be equipped. You need God's words to receive encouragement. And enable you to have hope. Open with me to Romans chapter 15 verse 4. The one that knows God's word is a man of authority. He speaks with authority. He doesn't speak as a child. Amen. If you have God's word, you have authority. You, 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 you speak with clarity, with understanding, with, with, with that grace in your heart. You, you, you know what you are talking about. When they ask you what are you saying, you know exactly what you are saying. To walk with conviction, with revelation, with understanding. You are not, that is why Paul can say that I am persuaded beyond everything that neither height, nor angels, nor principalities, nor powers can separate me from the love of God. Today we are believers today. If our faith is challenged, we'll leave our faith and go serve in a shrine. Or you do? Because of a little delay in not asking, there are people who even stop serving the Lord because they were praying for marriage and marriage is not coming. They stopped serving the Lord because they were looking for children and children is not coming. They, they stopped serving the Lord because why? Somebody offended them in church. They stopped serving the Lord because they think the business or the job they were looking for is not coming. So I have to stop serving God. I have to stop singing. I have to stop ushering because somebody spoke to me the way I don't like. So I have to stop. You are a baby and you are a child. You don't understand what is Christian. We are making the church sicker and sicker instead of making it healthier. We've turned the church to a social club. I come to church because of who is attending that church. 
I come to church because of what people drive there or what I'm going to get there. Jesus said, you are following me because of the bread I gave you. This message continues after the break. From the ministry of Reverend Ismaila Awudu. Get these life-changing, inspirational, and spirit-filled books. The Mystery of Greatness, At Thy Word, Church Membership, The Blueprint of Marriage, and any other ministry product of his. You can get these in electronic format by purchase through downloading Reverend Ismaila Awudu's app from the App Store or Google Play Store. You can also purchase this book and other ministry products at the ICGC Yahweh Temple, Otinshi American House Last Stop, East Legon. Reach us on telephone, plus 233 277-250-420 or plus 233-249-393361 Email us refismila at gmail.com Visit our website icgcislegon.com Grab your copies now and experience a change in your life. Welcome back. Romans 5, 4. It says this. For whatever things were written before me. For whatever things were written before. Were written for our what? Learning. That we. Through the patience and comfort of the scriptures. Through the patience and the comfort of what? Through the patience and the comfort of what? The scriptures. Might have. Hope. Might have what? Hope. Through the patience and the comfort of the scriptures we might have what hope which means that as we patiently study the scriptures as we patiently go through we might have what hope if you are telling me how long you've been with god let me see that maturity in your life i was sharing with some friends and i was telling them ever since i became a born again christian Left Islam into Christianity. In fact, the first day I even went to church. And after, that's like they said, those who are first time should rise up. I rose up. I gave my life to Christ. I rose up afterwards. We met and they gave us counselors and all this. None of the counselors even visited me. I don't even know them. They didn't step my house. I pray with the pastor. We go places. He will call me, pray with me. My covenant family, I was the secretary of my covenant family. I was even in school. I would rush down and all those things. None of them even visit. When I am sick, I have to find a way to treat myself. And I was subjected to a lot of things. But none of them made me stop the church. Or left the church. Or I get angry with the pastor. Or even turn my back on anyone. I serve fervently. And I'm still serving. And I'm still respecting that man of God. And I'm exalting him. And I'm blessing his life. And I see him as a father. And I love him with my heart. And I pray for him. Today make a mistake and try correcting a child of God. He will stop the church. He will insult you. He will walk away. He will stop paying tight. He will go and sit at home and live a life and think that he's doing somebody. Let me tell you something. Salvation is individual. On the day of accountability, I'm going to give a general account, but I have preached a total gospel to you. You are going to face your own judgment and you give account of how you dealt with it. So your attitude and your life is not for me to regulate. It is for you to regulate. If you like, stay at home and don't come to church. Stop church. Lambast the church on the day of accountability. You give an account. 
we are living Christianity as if somebody should beg us before we serve God. And the pastor didn't call me. That's why I'm not coming to church. And the pastor didn't visit me. That's why I'm not coming to church. And, and the flimsy, flimsy, flimsy excuses. And, and, and you meet a believer who is supposed to have known better. He said, and I, and I drove my car. A man of God was sharing. So I said, a, a, a member stopped church. Met a member in time. I said, why are you not coming? He said, and I will not come to that church. I parked my car. And when I came out, the children have scratched my car. 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 When you didn't have car, what was your attitude towards God? When you had one shirt, what was your attitude towards God? Now God has given you plenty dresses, so even selecting it is a problem. So because of a dress to even wear, you will be led to church. When you didn't have car, you are running. You even trot and swear to church. Now you have a car. Sparking the car and the car is not sparking. Because of that, you will not come to church. And yet we say we are believers. We live in the same office with Muslims. When it is time for them to go and pray, they will leave and go and pray. There are some of us in our office, they don't even know whether we are Christians, we are Buddhists, we are... Uh, 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 they don't even know who we are. Come with me to Revelation chapter 3. Tell somebody we are still on the word of God. Revelations. Chapter 3. The book of Revelations 3, Jesus was talking about the church. He was talking about the categories of church. I will take from verse 1. He said, And to the angel of the church in Sadis right, this thing says he who has the seven spirit of God and the seven stars. I know your works. Somebody say, I know your works. He said, I know your works that you have a name, that you are alive, but you are dead. A lot of us are working today as children of God. We, we proclaim, I'm a believer. I am this. I go to church. And we pride ourselves with stickers and with big names and big titles, big Bibles. It's good. instead of the spirit taking over the church the flesh is taking over the church the house of God has turned to a business center where is the Christ that died for us shed his blood on Calvary cross he said we are living and we say we are alive but we are dead and we pride ourselves in big suits and big cars and big houses and big dresses and big English. But our lifestyle, Bible says you shall know them by their fruits. What fruits are we bearing? If we are supposed to be the light of the world, what light are we giving to the world? Light of deception? Or light of truth? This morning you might not like my message. He said, this thing says he who has the seven spirit of God and the seven stars. I know your works. That you have a name that you are alive, but you are dead. Be watchful. Tell somebody to be watchful. Tell a person be watchful. You see, for the fact that you dance and something happens, does not mean that God is in it. 
It's not everything we name Jesus that has Jesus. There are some places and sometimes when they are even going to pray for you, they will show you a particular spot and place for you to stand before they will pray for you. Some of you will take money. You will come to church here. You will not give offering. You will not pay your time. But you will take money and go and buy oil. Worshipping the oil instead of having the fullness of the spirit. You have surrounded yourself with 20 prophets. They have to hear for you. But can't you hear from the Lord? If you have a father and your father wants to speak to you, why should your father speak through somebody before you hear it? Have you ever asked yourself? Before anybody gives you a prophecy, you should have a confirmation of your spirit with a prophecy. Lord have mercy. He said, be watchful and strengthen the things which remain that are ready to die. Which means that gradually some of us, we are dying. You, you have a zeal to serve the Lord. In the beginning, you can pray. In the beginning, you can do this. Now you think you have known God. It's just like a, a, a man who wrote down his prayer. Hang it by his bed. Prayer number one. Angels of God, watch over me. Prayer number two. Arise, I'm going to work. Follow me. Prayer number three. So when he's going to pray, he just closed. I said, God, you know now, prayer number one. God, you know now, prayer number two. God. And you meet people, and the only way they pride themselves is that I know this man of God. I eat with him. And all those things. Give me a break. I want you to tell me you know Jesus. And you know his house address. And you know his place of rest. And you know his house. You know where he's doing. And not who should. There are people today, if the man of God that they worship dies, they will stop serving God. Because you don't know what you have come to believe in. In Galatians, Paul says that who has bewitched you? Oh, you foolish Galatians. We started in the spirit, we are ending in the flesh. Oh, foolish Christians. We started in the spirit. We are ending in the flesh. Now, instead of looking for the spirit, we are looking for the things of the flesh. I am coming to church because I'm looking for where prophecy is. Come, I'll give you some. Remove your shoe and put it on your head. And turn around 360 degrees. Sometimes you come to church and I preach. Some people think that, and, and who has told pastor this? Nobody tells me that I have somebody, the Holy Spirit. Who talks to me? Get the word. Get established in the word. Then all other things shall follow. He said, three, he said, remember therefore you, how you have received and heard. Hold fast and repent. Remember therefore how you have received and heard. Hold, fast and repent. Therefore, if you will not watch, I will come upon you as a thief. God forbid. And you will not know what hour I will come upon you. You have a few names, even in Sadis, who have not defiled their garments 
and they shall walk with me in white, for they are worthy. He who overcomes shall be clothed in white garment, and I will not blot out his name from the book of life, but I will confess his name before my father and before his angels. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Tell somebody, he who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now let's go to another church, the church of the faithful church. He said, and to the angel, when we finish, you categorize yourself. He said, and to the angel of the church in Philadelphia, right? This thing says, he who, he who is holy, he, he who is true, he who has the key of David, he who opens and no one shut, and shut and no one opens. I know your works. Which means that everything we are doing, there is an angel that is taking records of our church services. I know your works. See, I have set before you an open door. And no one can shut it. For you have a little strength. Have kept my word. And have not denied my name. What he's saying that I have set a miracle for you. I have set an open door for you. Even though there are oppositions, I, God, is going to defend you and fight for you. Why? Because you have kept my word. Ask somebody thing by you. Are you keeping God's word? Or you are keeping your own word? And we, how many of you want open doors? Give me a wave. How many of you want miracles? Give me a wave. Oh, I'll be telling you that without miracles, the God in our life is not seen. So how many of you want miracles? Give me a wave. Receiving Jesus as your Lord and personal Savior is a miracle. Oh, don't you know? Give me a wave. So miracle is not a sin. We, the only thing that we have adulterated the word miracle. Knowing scriptures is a miracle. For you to have a revelation of God's word is a miracle. Miracle is not having only shoe and having a car or having a belt. Amen. For somebody receiving Jesus as not a personal savior, a drunkard, a humanizer, and change over, and it's a new, brand new person, all things have passed away, all things have become new. It's a miracle. My friends meet me and they can tell you who I was. And for me today to stand before you and preach to you, it's a miracle. When we talk of miracles, it's not because, and we have now, we, we, we are now looking for miracles in terms of holy cast, in terms of material things, and we are not looking for miracles of spiritual things. So we are taking the material things and living anyhow in Christendom. Flirting, cheating, lying, Drinking, smoking, telling lies, and we think it is only whenever we are talking of sin, we think sin is only about somebody sleeping with somebody, even gossip, even unforgiveness, even backbiting, even hatred, even cheating, even uh, 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 what do you call it? Telling, giving false accusations. Your yes is not your yes, and neither will your no be no. But here he's saying that anyone that keeps his word, anyone that stays in the word, anyone that walks with his word, he will open a door for you and that door, no one can shut the door and no one can resist it. Even when you don't have the strength to push, he will give us strength. Oh, your amen is weak. And he says that 
Now he said, indeed, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and are not. Who says they are Christians, but they are not. Who says they are believers, but they are not. Who says they are whatever, but they are not. He said, I will make those of the synagogue of Satan who say they are Jews and not, but lie. Indeed, I will make them come and worship before your feet. And to know that I have loved you. Because you have kept my command to preserve. I also will keep you from the hour of trial. Oh, you didn't say an amen. He said that I see this is Legon. Yahweh temple, as we keep his word, as we stay in his word, he will keep us from the day of trial. If at the day of trial, nobody can run away from it. Everybody will go through it. But the one that survived it is the one that have God's word. No one is exempted from evil. Even Jesus was tempted. Three accounts of temptation by the devil. What about you and I? So as for evil, do you fast and pray for evil? Oh, hello, give me a wave. But do you know evil lurks around? And he says that he will protect us because we have kept his command. And when trial times comes, he will sustain us from it. So the opposite is that if we don't keep his word and we don't stay in him, when trial time comes, what happens? Oh, answer me. You are my class now. What happens? What happens? You'll be destroyed. So you can walk, but you don't have a covering. Oh, hello, you understand what I'm saying? But when we have God's word, you go to sleep. I remember one day something was happening. I was praying in my room somewhere. I didn't know what was going on. And there was an issue in my senior sister's house. Her body mysteriously got lost. And she was looking for it. I was also in my room praying. I didn't even know what. And she was so furious because the thing has been happening. She doesn't know. Then there was a manifestation in the house. And the manifestation in the house, the confession began to come. And then the one that did it was confessing of, uh, because it was more of a witchcraft thing that they were doing. And they were confessing. And they said, as for me, anytime they are coming towards me, they see fire around me. And my, to the glory of God, now my sister is born again. With all the children. And, 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 and I didn't know anything. Because you see, when you have God's word, you don't need, you don't need to go out looking for witches. Job, in the book of Job chapter 1, the devil himself gave an account. He gave his own testimony about a child of God who knows his God and stays in the word. God asked him, when the angels appeared before God, he asked him, he said, have you seen my servant Job? Have you considered him? He said, you've built a hedge of fire around him and you have blessed him. The only way I can touch him is for you to remove that hedge. Which means the child of God, as long as we stay in God's word, as long as we read the Bible ourselves, as long as we pray, as long as we live the Christian life that God expects from us, there is a fire. You don't need to see it, but there's a fire around you. You wake up and walk. You trade with a witch, but you don't know. But the key thing is that you are preserved. We are preserved by God's word. 
Child of God, listen to me. I am speaking with this passion. Because you see, believers, we are perishing daily. People are dying before their time. Strange sicknesses, strange diseases. Things that we don't expect to come to us. is coming to us. Why? Is our God asleep? Is he not working again? Has he vacated his post? Is he traveled? No! He's still alive. He said, I am the God. The same yesterday, today, and forever. His word, aye, and amen. You said serving God is difficult. Try the devil. And you know the difference. Can we go on? And he says, I'll make them ten. He said, because you have kept my command to preserve, I also will keep you from the hour of trial, which shall come upon the whole world to test those who dwell on the earth, to test those who dwell on the earth. Behold, I am coming quickly. Hold fast what you have, that no one may take your crown. Tell somebody, hold fast. Which way Christianity is a race. <laughs> hey, my God, if you don't stand firm, when, when Pastor Buffo was sharing without the reality of hell, how many of you have that DVD? Every time you pick a message and listen to it, you, ask, you will ask yourself, if you are sincere, you ask whether you were in the church and you were listening to this. Go and get that tape. To become a good student of the Bible, you need to listen. Because faith comes by hearing and hearing the word of God. Don't say it is enough. I was in church. No. Get the tape. Sit down yourself. Scrutinize it and listen. He was preaching. He said, even in hell, there's a particular chamber that even pastors, prophets, and all those have been kept. And they have been tormented. Because why? They preach, but they don't live by the word. Some of you think that pastor is preaching. You are joking. The word of God is a two-edged sword. As it's coming to you, it's also cutting me. It comes to prune and to correct. So myself, ask them. Immediately I finish preaching, I go for my tape. Because Bible said we should work at our salvation with fear and trembling. Because if not, we shall lose it. Hell is real. Amen. He who overcomes, I will make him a pillar in the temple of my God and shall go out no more. I will write on him the name of my God and the name of the city of my God. The new Jerusalem which comes down out from heaven by God and I will write on him my new name. There's a new name. This is where I like. The verse 14 of Revelation 3, 14 down. He says this, And to the angel of the church in Lodatia write, this thing says the amen. Somebody say the amen. We say amen and you don't know why. Amen is another name for Jesus. Whenever we say amen, it means that let it be. He <laughs> said this thing says the amen. If the Bible you have is yours, underline it. He said, the faithful and the true witness. Which means I can be false witness. The beginning of the creation of God. He said, I know your works. He's still repeating itself. After here, let's all go and find out what are our works. You see, we can do it in secret, but God is seeing. I know your works. When you book it down, 
the club. Then you come, you change your dress and come and sit in the church. Hallelujah! I prophesy in the church. When you hear knocking, Pastor, I'm coming, I'm busy. You are trying to push some things to hide. Amen. Hallelujah. Oh, brother, God is with you. (laughs) You know, sometimes we walk in a different star. Because you need to walk that way to to look holy. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah, brother. Yeah. You think that things are about gimmicks? Lord have mercy. Can I go on? He said, I know your words that you are neither cold nor hot. You are neither what? Ask somebody's thing by you. Be honest with me. Tell the, person, the way I look at your face, you are a suspect. Tell the person, be honest with me. <laughs> Ask the person, are you cold or you are hot? If I this message, the way I'm looking at some faces, if, if I finish, I need bodyguard protection. I, I, I need some bodyguards to protect because if you don't take that, some people will kill me. Let's see. We see, we don't want to hear the truth. But the truth is painful. He said, I know you. He said, you are neither cold nor hot. In other words, when you appear even as a child of God, People cannot differentiate whether you are a Christian or you are an unbeliever. Ask somebody, so which are you? Or ask the person, so which are you? Are you a Christian or you are an unbeliever? To lie with your face straight without blinking your eyes? You can even swear Amen. You can come to church. Immediately you leave church. You are going to the shrine. You said now in the days, you see, you can't live like that. You need to have a black and white. To balance the equation. So who do you want to have the glory in your life? He said, I know your way that you are neither cold nor hot. You don't know. Hey, we are the prayer warriors. We are the towers. You are in prayer warrior, but you are doing necromancy. Consulting spirit. And say you are a prayer warrior. We are the choristers. We sing and we both fall. It is good. Amen. But where did you sleep last night? Oh, they give a clap offering. You come and stand there and look so pure and holy. If Jesus is bringing a cane into church, it will be a disaster. Hallelujah. Can I go on? So we pride ourselves in what we do. 
But we are neither cold. Hot. Our Christian life is in a balance. It's in a shaking. Where you stay, your house and the community doesn't even know that you are a believer. Your workplace, they don't even know you are a child of God. In fact, they don't even know you go to church. Because you want to to play it safe. You are all things for all men. And sometimes what we say is that I don't want to offend anybody. Oh, you don't want to offend anybody. In serving the Lord, you will offend people. He said, you are neither hot nor cold. He said, I wish you were cold or hot. We are confusing God. Are you there with me? He's saying that he wish we are cold. Then he can deal with us as such. Or hot. But we are in between. So he doesn't even know. Where. <laughs> Seriously. Ask somebody. Now, now, now where do you stand now? <laughs> Now you'll be cold or you'll be hot. The, the scripture is this is the word of you see the reason why we don't want to read the word of God is that the word of God corrects us. And so some things we are doing, immediately you open the Bible and you are reading it, it will come straight and hit you. So out of sight, out of mind. Today we are in it. <laughs> he said, I wish. I could wish you were cold or hot. So then, because you are lukewarm, and neither cold nor hot, I will vomit you out of my mouth. Because you say, I am rich. I have become wealthy. Are you there with me? You see, richness and money is good, though. But if you don't take time, it can also take you away from God. This is the word of God. He said, I'm rich. I have become wealthy. And I have need of nothing. And do not know that you are wretched, miserable, poor, blind, and naked. Look at the description. He says, what is richness? What is wealthiness? He's not talking of money. He's, talking, he's not talking only of money. He's talking about when you think you have arrived. When you think now, the very thing that pushes you to go to God, now it is easy for you. So you can bargain with God. God, you understand, and let's bargain. You know, today, I just closed from work. I came back. I'm so tired. Let me stretch a bit. Why you didn't have bed? Even when they say, don't go to church, you are running. Isn't it funny and amazing that anytime we have troubles and problems, we seek God like nothing. I, I, do you understand what I'm saying? You, you will see somebody praying and weeping and crying. And this is not fake. Oh, it's original. Hello? The person is actually praying out of his or her heart because of what is chasing the person out of trials, out of trouble. The person can even sleep in the church. Look, he will call the pastor 20 times, 40 times, 100 times. Every prayer warrior, every person will lay hands. And then the breakthrough comes. When the breakthrough comes, the person says, Pastor, you don't know. The Lord has done it. God is good. 
I sought for the Lord and the Lord answered me, praise the Lord. Then give the person some time. After some few time, oh, faster. Pastor, you know, now the business has taken another level. It's another level. Now I go to Dubai, Japan, China, Korea, whatever. Whatever. So, Pastor, you know, you even give me a bank account, I'll pay my tithe through it. As if the church needs your tithe. The church of God needs your soul. Your body. Your heart, your life is more important. If God can have your heart, then God can value your money. Now hear the counsel of God. Then I will bring you to the categories of hearers in the house of God. He said, I counsel you to buy from me. This is the counsel from God. He said, he's counseling us to buy from him. Gold. Why is he counseling us? Because he said, by our attitude of lukewarmness, we are what? We are what? Wretched. We are what? Miserable. We are what? Poor. We are what? Blind. We are what? Naked. So even though we might be walking, but this is what is happening to us. Because we don't value God's word. We trample upon it. We disrespect everything that is about God. We pretend we are believers, but we are not. Some even can come to church and just come and spy. And go and gossip. They, they are in church. But they are taking minutes for people. To inform them of things that goes on. They have become satellites and mouthpiece for others. For gossip. So why are you in church? What are you taking to change you? So for all these years. Your life cannot be transformed. I can't see you to buy from me. Gold. Refined in the fire. That you may be what? Rich. And white garment that you may be what? Clothed. That the shame of your nakedness may not be revealed. And anoint your eyes with eye salve that you may see. Tell someone that you may see. Tell a person that you may see. That's important. That we go for God's word. Tell someone to go for God's word. And that 19 says, As many as I love, I rebuke and chastain. As many as I love, I rebuked and I chastain. This morning, is the word of God rebuking us? Is it chastising us? It's telling us that then it means that he loves us. If you have a parent, who when you do wrong, he will still continue to pamper you. That parent is setting you up for distraction. I'm telling you. But if you have a parent who loves you, he gives you everything, but when you make a mistake, he will rebuke you. He will discipline you. He will close his eyes and discipline you. Thank God for that parent. Because he will go far with it. But today, generation, we don't want people who correct us. So anyone that corrects you becomes your enemy. And anyone that pampers you becomes your friend. When I was a child, I liked sugar like something. Those days, the box ones, the cubes ones, Anywhere they will place it, I have an eye, I will see it. My book is coming out very soon about my life. When it comes out, you will see in some of my infant pictures. One picture I was taking, that one picture I had, and they took me when I was about seven years or something. Six, seven. Very young. 
Look at my height now. You can imagine. And the one who took me is my father's boss, a white man. And he loves me so much. You know why he loves me? Because of my teeth. So the man who stand there and said, smile. And then when I smiled, he took the picture. I don't even know. My parents would try to this when my father opens his eyes. I thought, oh, he's trying to just. But today I have known. Now it was good. I was disciplined. Because if I was not disciplined, I would have been such notorious. And I wouldn't know. It's important to know. So something you do and you are corrected is important. Can I go on? He said, I counsel you to buy from me gold refining. He said, he said, as many as I live, I rebuke 19 and chastain. Therefore, be zealous and repent. Tell somebody, be zealous and repent. Stop giving excuses with your work. And be zealous. Child of God, fix time to pray. Fix time to read the word. Because the word will not come to a stop. As we have moved into the era of globalism, and things are moving. The economic is moving faster. Uh, what do you call it? Trade and commerce is faster than you can think of. Everything is so fast. It is not going to slow down. Forget it. But in the midst of all that, people are gradually being won by the devil. And when we're catching the young ones for the pulpit, people are criticizing. But they want us to leave them for the society. Or puyaka. Puyaka, puyaka. Today, everybody you see is a rapper. Drop the trousers down a bit with the belt here and go and look for foam and put it here. He only needs three words with some lyrics. In poetry, you do rhyming. He just needs some things to rhyme. Then they put some things around it. To do that to, they, they, you see people dancing to it. And there is nothing in it. So all the generation now are working like that. Mercy. <laughs> 20. Behold, I stand at the door and knock. If anyone hears my voice and opens the door, I will come to him and dine with him and he with me. To him who overcomes, I will grant to sit with me on my throne. As I also overcome and sat down with my father on his throne. God is saying that we should open our hearts. This morning as you are hearing God's word like this, don't harden your heart. You know what you are doing. It is a timely word for repentance. Don't try to be stubborn. Please, when God's word comes this way, it means that God is trying to work on us. The Brahmite, the, the founder of the Brahmite, Bram, was so anointed and used by God. Very powerful. Full of the spirit. And they thought it was even the next Jesus to come. At a certain time, he even started alluding to himself that he was the Christ that is being expected. Man of God called him counsel. He didn't listen. He knew what he was doing was wrong. But he was adamant and stubborn. He walked out of them, out of a city. Immediately he hit the road. He had an accident and died. Catherine Coleman, at an early age, used powerfully by God, doing great things, they met an evangelist who was married. Entered into a relationship with her, with him. The man of God called her counselor, spoke to her. She didn't listen. She followed this man. In a book, have, how many of you have read Katikoma's book before? How many of you have read uh, Benny Hinn's book, Good Morning Holy Spirit? 
Go and get it and read it. Amen. In Good Morning Holy Spirit, Penny spoke about it. At a certain point in Catherine's life, just like this message I'm preaching, Catherine realized where she has fallen. And Catherine made a U-turn. He said, according to Catherine's testimony, he said, the day I was leaving the man, it's like a dagger has been put to my heart and they are cutting because I love the man like myself. But I need to say goodbye because it was a wrong relationship. And he said, I have got into my crossroads, but I am bleeding, but I have to go to the Lord. Like the prodigal son, I returned. And when he, she came back, the Lord forgave her and restored her. And that was the latter days of Catherine Coleman, such that even on the front seats, nobody can sit there in Catherine Coleman's ministries. Because immediately you see that the Holy Ghost anointing will touch you. It is in such gathering that Benny Hinn even have to sneak into the church and was sitting at the back but he was touched by the Holy Spirit and he caught the fire of Catherine Coleman's anointing. And today, it's all over the world. We need to repent. We don't need to take things for granted. Because some of us want to go to places where we'll be told what we like and not what God wants from us. It's about time we repent. It's about time we become zealous for the Lord. It's about time we take the things of God serious and come into church serious. Anything that is about God, let's do it with passion. Because God is watching. Don't serve to please men. Serve to please God. Four characteristics of believers and their receptive levels. Quickly. Come with me to Matthew chapter 13, verse 1 to 9. And then we'll go to 18, 23. Matthew 13, 1 to 9. Some of us, when it even comes to opening scriptures, we have a problem. Amen. Matthew 13, 1 to 9. He said, on the same day, Jesus went out of the house and sat by the sea, and great multitudes were gathered together to him, so that he got into the boat and sat, and the whole multitude stood on the shore. Then he spoke to them, he spoke many things to them in parables. Say parables. He said, saying, behold, a sower went out to sow. The word of God is a seed. A sower went out to sow. And as he sowed, some seed fell by the wayside. And the birds came and devoured them. Some fell on stony places, where they did not have much earth. And they immediately sprang up because they had no depth of earth. But when the sun was up, they were scorched. And because they had no root, they withered away. And some fell among thorns. And the thorns sprang up and choked them. But others fell on good ground and yielded a crop. Some a hundred food, some sixty, some thirty. He who has ears to hear, let him hear. Now let's look at the meaning of the parables in the verse 18 of Matthew chapter 13 verse 18. The meaning of the parable I just read. The meaning is there. This is the meaning. He said, therefore, the disciples went to ask him why he spoke, blah, blah, in the other question, why he spoke the parables. And he said, to you, it has been given for you to have an understanding. So he was giving them the meaning of the parables in the verse 18. He said, therefore, hear the parable of the sower. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, as we are hearing now, are you getting me? This is the word of the kingdom. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom, that is the first category of believers in the church. When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, and does not what? 
Then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who receives seed by the wayside. So the wayside believer is in the church. The wayside believer is the one who is hearing the word of God right now, but does not understand it. And because he doesn't understand it, he got excited in church, but immediately after service, he forgets everything he has. The only thing he says is that the pastor preached powerfully. He preached, oh, he preached. Look, he preached and, and, and he preached and he preached. What did he say? Oh, he preached. Amen. The enemy has taken out because you did not understand. Amen. So that's the first category of the believers we have. The wayside believer. The second person is this. 20. But he who received the seed on stony places, this is he who hears the word and immediately receives it to joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For when tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, immediately he stumbles. The next category of the believer is the stony place believer. The stony place believer. The stony place believer is the believer in the church who hears the word of God all right, like I'm preaching now, so full of excitement and is even so uh, 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 writing and screaming, preach on pastor, I receive it, Lord. He can even dance and say, hey, today church was wow. And that one, when he asks you, he will be able to tell you some few things about what has been learned and all those things. But he says that he does not have roots. The word he has received is just for a moment. After Sunday, that is the end. Even it can take three days or four days. That is the, and he said, when challenging time comes, you see, God made us to have the word of God in us so that we can face trials and temptations. Are you understand what I'm saying? So, so, so he's saying that when the times of trials and temptation comes, because that believer received the word all right with joy, but could not keep the word because he doesn't have the soil to keep the word, when the trial times comes, he fails. He stumbles. He gives up. That is why you see him that was in the choir. This brother was uh, in the youth. This brother was this. He was praying. He was somebody you know. All of a sudden, the person has backslided. And you can't understand. It is not anything. He is a stony place believer. He received the word all right. But when challenging time, when the word was put to test in his life, he couldn't stand. The place is quiet. I think some have started placing themselves in the category. Let's look at the third category of believers. 22. Now he who received the seed among the tongues is he who hears the word and the curse of this world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word and he becomes unfruitful. So the third category of the believer is the tony area believer. Tony area believer. Tongues. Tongues. So the torn area believer, the tony area believer also received the word all right, like it's coming. You see, the word of God and the receptiveness of the word of God comes to us on different levels. Are you understand my point? Sure, the person sitting by you, his or her understanding of the word I am preaching now is different from you. Amen. And he said that the tony area believer, who is the third category believer, he or she received the word all right. Tell somebody he received the word all right. And he loves the word. He moves with the word. But he is that type of a believer who will come to church. You see him zealous. 
He talks. He can preach the word. He can even teach in Sunday school or teach in the what do you call it, discipleship class. Teach in the youth. Teach everywhere. And you understand what I'm saying? And, and you can see him ushering, or he's always in church. He can lift his hands, pray, dance, whatever. He is a believer. Okay? But he says what? The curse of this world begin to interfere with his life. And then all of a sudden, this same person can be teaching, can be doing everything, but you realize that in his heart, he's teaching something, but he does not leave it. Are you understand what I'm saying? What are the cares of his, this world? He's thinking of every money. He's thinking of work, money, what to do, and everything. So he doesn't even have time for God any longer. All that you know is to run around. Hit the morning road early morning. Attend this meeting. Do this, do that. It is good. But he does all those things at the expense. When he finishes, he has no time even for God. He has every excuse for the things of God. We call it the curse of this word. He's a thorny side believer. So he's saying that because of that, the thorns have stifled his growth and his fruitfulness. So he's not able to become more fruitful the way he wants to be. So you meet such a person, people tell you he reads the Bible, he knows the Bible from quote to quote, he does, but his life not a blessing. He's struggling in his business, struggling in his marriage, struggling in everything he's doing, struggling in his finances. This one trouble or the other. Because why? He is a tony side believer. He's not allowing the seed, the word, to grow. When you plant the seed, the seed needs in, in agriculture, when you pr- plant the seed, and there are weeds there, the wheat content with the seed, the growth of the seed with the nutrient. Remove the weeds so that the plant can have what? Air in order to what? Grow. And the desire of God is that we all what? Grow. So that's why you meet the person. He said, Me, I'll be in the church. Those days when I'm, hey, I was a lay leader. I was like this. But what are you now? And there are some of them who are even doing it. But you realize that, Charlie? He said, 23 is the final believer. There are four categories. The fourth believer is that, but he who receives seed on the good ground. Somebody say good ground. He said, is he who hears the word and understands it, who indeed bears fruit and produces. Some a hundredfold, some sixty, some thirty. The fourth category is where God wants you and I to belong as believers. Tell somebody the fourth category. That is where God. Tell the person that is where God. That is where Jesus wants you and I to belong, including the pastor and everybody. This is where God wants us to be. He said that one is a good ground when he receives the seed. There is room enough for the seed to abide. And the seed grows. Now, how do we put it in contemporary terms? It means that he's the believer. When he receives the word, he makes an effort to live by the word. He makes an effort to set through the scriptures. He makes an effort to discipline his life. To bring his life under control. To live just like the word of God is saying. So, every time, even though he's not perfect yet, he's working towards his perfection. He's making the effort. He's always trying. He's reading the word. He's allowing it to work on him. He might not come out instantly, but he's always working on himself. Such a person bears fruits. He didn't say I've arrived. 
He didn't say, I cannot allow myself. He allows himself. He might not be perfect today, but he's working on his perfection. He's working on his salvation. He's taking the word of God. He fears God's word. He fears the things of God. He does it with reverence. He does it from his heart. He does it with purity. He does it with sincerity. He does not lie about it. He does it genuinely. Yet he has his flaws. Yet he has his weaknesses. Yet he has his challenges. But none of them was deterring him from serving his God and pressing on. That is why Paul said, I forsake all that I may press on to the upward calling. I would like to leave you with this quickly. Write them down. Five ways to know the word of God. I'm leaving with you that one. Five ways to know the word of God. How do you have to know the word of God? The Bible is big. Some people will say, yes, it's big. We have the Old Testament. We have the New Testament. We have our 66 books for the Old Testament. We have our 27 for the New Testament. Hey, sorry. We have, uh, when we put all together, the two books give you 66, 66 books of the Bible. Amen. So it is big. However, even the 66 books of the Bible, both with the New Testament and the Old Testament, it's not even the only books. We have what you call the Apocrypha. The Apocrypha is also another book on itself. Between the book of Malachi and Matthew, it's a silent period of God. It is when God was not speaking. We call it the intertestamental period, which is called the silent moment of God. Around that time, God was not speaking to the children of Israel because they sinned against God. So if you read the book of Judges, and you read, it said, around that time, the people did not live according to God. So God forsook them, and they were not hearing his voice. So within that period, if you read anything on Apocrypha, you will understand who the Herods are. Herod the Tetrarch, Herod the Agrippa, and, all those, and why they hated Christianity that much. But we have what you call the inspired books, which has to do with the sister six books. The sister six books, in, in theological terms, we say they have been canonized. Canonized simply means that they have been accepted as the what? The finality of God's word with the inspired book. Because what? The things of God are in it, and name of God is mentioned, and it is measured by the Spirit of God. So it's accepted as what? The standard for us to read. The apocrypha is more like what? Historical what? Recordings or evidence of things that took place. So it's big. That's what is big. Apart from that, you have commentaries. So studying God's word is not just picking the scripture and run away. We have contextual study, which is study out of con- study in context. You cannot just speak uh, 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 Isaiah fifty-four verse seventeen and quote it without understanding what follows. Hello? So, one, how can I know the word of God? One, hearing is by hearing. Tell somebody it's by hearing. So, the first way to know God's word is by hearing, like you are hearing me now. And that is done also through preaching, sermons, okay? Preaching or teaching, which has to be put together as sermons. What I'm doing now, I am teaching and I'm preaching interchangeably. The next thing is by listening to tapes. Listening to tapes. You buy tapes from good men of God. I can recommend a few. Like Dr. Otterbell, like T.D. Jakes, Duncan Williams, um, my good friend Lighthouse, Dr. Ward Mills, 
I mean, there are good men of God that you know. You listen to their messages. You, you, you learn from there. Joel Austin said, there are good messages that they preach by the word of God, precept upon precept, line by line. So you need to have tapes, including my own. Yes. We sit here and foreigners are rather listening to my messages. Flooding the, 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 the site. How many of you have even gone to the church site? Flooding the site and listening. Flooding Viva Africa site and, and listening to my messages. And you are in the church, we are not. So including my own. Reading aloud. Reading aloud. While you pick the Bible, don't read it silent. You read it aloud to yourself. By the time you finish reading even one chapter aloud, it stays with you. And then witnessing. Some of us are afraid to witness. If you know only John 3.16, stay with John 3.16 and witness to somebody about it. If the person is going to go for tell him, I will see you later. Rather, his questions and come to me, I will give you more. Hello? You see, if you witness to somebody, it becomes a check on your life. So you are not able to live anyhow. If you don't witness, it is very easy for you to live anyway or anyhow as a Christian. The next thing is reading. Say reading. Reading. You have to read credible Christian literature. When we say credible Christian literature, which means that there are books that have been written by men of God. And those men of God, you first of all have to know their background and their source because there are strange books also on the market. I will recommend some few authorities for you to read their books. Somebody like Kenneth Hagen. Read everything about Kenneth Hagen materials because they are good. I just mentioned Benny Hinn's books. Good Morning Holy Spirit, The Anointed. They are very good readings. Books by Bishop James are good. Books by Dr. Mensah Otabel are good. Books by Dr. Howard Mills are good. Books by T.D. Jakes are good. Books by Joel Austin are good. And, and we have other great generals in prayer like, like E.M. Bounds. You can read them. If you like to pray, yourself, go to Salem Bookshop. Tell them you are a Christian because they, they censor the books they sell. And tell them you need Christian material that can make you grow as a child of God. They will give you. Some of them are not voluminous. They are small. Read it. It will help you. That is what we all did and today we are here. It is not just a dating. Are you there with me? The next thing is studying. You have to study. Acts 17, 11. If you read Acts 17, 11, it tells you categorically clear. And it said that the people of Berea studied. They set the scriptures for themselves. And in the study, somebody said, what do I study? One, character study. Say character study. Say character study. In character study, you can decide to take Moses or David. And study about Moses and David. About the life of David, about the life of Moses. So that one, you are limited. You don't stretch. By the time you finish studying about David, you have learned lessons. So you look at the strength of David, the weaknesses of David, and what God did with David. Anytime you are doing a character study, you do it that way. By the time you finish, you have your own lessons to learn. Don't struggle with it. You can also do a topical study. You can take a study on faith. What is faith? The scriptures are there. All of you, if you have a Bible, let me see your Bible quickly. Show me your Bible. Turn to the back of your Bible. Turn to the back, the end. After Revelation, the end. The end, quickly. What do you see there? 
What do you see there? Concordance. The concordance gives you things. You can have faith there. You can have uh, names there. If you, Abel can be there, it starts with Abel first. You have Abel, you have Aaron, you have whatever. If you want to study about Abel, it gives you scriptures. You can study about Abel. Aaron is there. So it is not struggling. Don't say, I want to read the Bible from Genesis to Revelation. When you get to Exodus, you can't go again. Then your joy goes. Don't trouble yourself. Go to that place. Anything, if you want healing, healing is there. H is there. Study on healing. By the time you finish, you, are, you have scriptures on healing. You have authority. That is what we all do. Here a little, there a little. You put it together, you become a master. Oh, I thought you'd give me a clap more free on to that. Then you do a book study. The book study is that you can decide to study the book of Genesis alone. Don't rush. Study the book of Genesis alone. And if you have your Bible, go back to the book of Genesis, the end. Let me show you something. Some of you, your Bible is good. Before you go to Genesis, you realize that there's a place they give you introduction, then they will give you the team, and then they will give you divisions of the chapters. Do you have it in your Bible? Those one shows you how to do book study. So you will know it, and then you can. So by the time you read the book of Genesis, it will, you will be able to understand it better. Is that alright? Okay, the last thing has to be your quiet time. You have to do a quiet time. And a quiet time, you divide it into time. You start with Thanksgiving first. You thank God. Your quiet time should not be more than five minutes. If you plan it well. So you have no excuse. Go and get a daily devotional. Okay? You can take that of the, what ICGs produces by Dr. Otterbell. It gives you scripture, memory verse, and then word for the day. So quiet time, start with Thanksgiving. After you finish Thanksgiving, you ask the Holy Spirit to help you. You open the Bible, you read your notebook, you make points. You go to the quiet time manual, which is the daily devotional. You read the daily devotional and make one or two points. Afterwards, pray shortly. Pray for people, intercede for them, then pray for yourself. Then when you finish, you commit your day into God's hands. And then you thank God for an answer prayer. You hit the road. These little things you do consistently over the year, you will build some joy of reading God's word and you will stay with God. The fourth thing and the last thing, the fourth thing is meditation. Say meditation. Joshua chapter 1 verse 8 and Psalm 1, 1 to 3. Joshua 1, 8 says we should meditate on God's word. Anytime you read God's word, stay quiet. Tell somebody, stay quiet. And, and Think, meditation simply means thinking about the word you have read. So if you read John 3.16, for God so loved the word that he gave his only begotten son, that whosoever believes in him should not perish but have everlasting. When you finish with that, close the Bible. Now begin to think about that. Why should God love his word? Because the questions will come to you naturally. And as the questions come, write them down. The answers will follow. The Holy Spirit will be teaching you. And you'll be shocked how God will reveal things to you about the scripture. The final thing is memorization. After you have done it, try to memorize. How do you memorize? You read it once and then you read it aloud. And don't try to memorize long scriptures. Memorize a verse. I said memorize what? Memorize what? A verse. That's a verse. And you know where you memorize? The, the word that comes to you. We call it the Rima word. You might be reading something but some part of the Bible will suit you. Somebody will put it in his English. It will switch you. You you see like, hey, I love this word. That word, keep it in memory. Read it once, twice, three times, aloud, silently, aloud, silently. Keep quiet, 
and close the Bible, try to remember it, it sticks. Sometimes you might not automatically be able to produce it. But when challenging times comes, that word will spring by itself because the Holy Spirit will prompt it. God bless you. Stand up on your feet. Thank you very much for listening. This is a message from ICGC Yahweh Temple, East Egon. We know you've been blessed by God's word. For more quality and practical teachings of Reverend Ismaila Abudu, visit us online at www.icgceastagon.com or email to yahwehtempleicgc at gmail.com or call us on 057-2260-434 or 057-2260-435. You can also worship with us on Sundays from 7 a.m. to 10 a.m. On Tuesdays at 6.30 p.m. to 8.30 p.m. for our empowerment teaching service. And Fridays at 7 p.m. to 10 p.m. for our breakthrough prayer service. You can also connect with us on Facebook, YouTube, or Twitter. God bless you.